Welcome to the Nothing to Wear podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, the style editor, and I help women save time and make money through the power of their clothes. And whilst we're sorting out your wardrobe, why don't we just go the whole hog and sort out your house as well? In this episode, I am chatting to Rachel Smith, who is from Clutter is the Enemy, and she is essentially my counterpart for houses. In this episode, we talk about colour, energy, why looking after your space is so important, and she's going to share some really helpful tips with us too. I will leave Rachel's details in the show notes. But as ever, if you've enjoyed this episode, it would be so good if you could rate, review and subscribe and just share it with someone who may really need to hear this or may find it of value. That's why I put out this podcast. That's why my guests come onto the podcast and share their expertise and knowledge with you. So if you enjoy it, I'd be so grateful if you could do that or just pop me a message and let me know how much or don't let me know if you didn't enjoy it because I will not take that well. (laughs) Let me know what you enjoyed and if you have anything else that you would like to hear on future episodes of the podcast. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Rachel Smith. So, As listeners of this podcast will know, I help people uncover what is going on behind their wardrobe. So clothes aren't just clothes, they're telling us stories about ourselves. And there is someone who does almost the exact same thing, but with your home. And this is Rachel Smith from Clutter is the Enemy. And she is here today on the podcast to really help us connect the dots between our homes and the interiors of our homes and our mental health. Hello, Rachel. Hi, sister Uh, from another mister. (laughs) Looking very glam. Oh, thanks. This is what I always look like on a Friday afternoon. And why not? I'm just sat in the house, but that doesn't mean I can't put some really nice earrings on. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Blue eyeliner. Oh, yes. Why not? Yes, living your best best life on a Friday afternoon. I love that. (laughs) So tell us, tell us everything. I'm going to go into okay. full like Parkinson, this is your life story situation. How so did you... I'm not long enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into what you're doing? Because I know a lot of interior designers and I've never really come across many people talking about the link, as you do, between people's mental well-being and their homes. Yes. Um, I think I've found a bit of a niche, which I don't really understand, because from my point of view, all interior design is about the person. So everything I do is people centric. And I don't know how you can design a space if you're not taking the person into consideration. So the first question I always ask is, how do you want to feel in this space? Um, So everything I do is about how you feel in a space, less than, uh, more than, sorry, what it looks like. So what it looks like is the end result, but that's not the starting point. The starting point and the end point is how you want to feel in that space. So much as you do with clothes, you know, you want to feel your best self all the time. In your home, that's just an extension of that. 
So if you walk into your house and it's grey or greyish or beige, um, that's not going to make you feel like your best self. Um, so it's about helping people discover who they are from here and not starting from Instagram or Pinterest because that's not going to make you happy. <laughs> because if you copy other people, that's just copying other people. And that's when you get your serial redecorators who change up everything all the time because they're following trends and they're searching for the holy grail of getting it right. And they're never gonna do that if they're just doing what other people are doing. So it's about reaching inside of yourself or me reaching into you like alien. <laughs> <laughs> and helping you discover who you are in terms of your home and giving you the confidence to put into practice those ideas which you have in there somewhere they're just back here and I'm pulling them forward and taking them out of you so that you end up with something that represents you um and so yeah every it's it's more about the human side of the design rather than just making things pretty um so as well as interior design, I also do decluttering and I also stage people's homes to sell them. And when I say these things out loud, it sounds like I'm all over the place. And, you know, I've got a scattergun approach to my business and I'm doing too many things. But actually, they're all rooted around the person and they're all rooted around how that person feels in that space and what it is that they need to be able to move forward, to unstick themselves from the stuck position that they're in for whatever reason and help them um, power through their lives in as helpful a way as possible. I love that. Just when you were talking, I was like, yes, yes, yes. All yes. of this. Yes especially because we get so caught up in trends like you say and yeah. you know magazines can show us a nice picture of a house but if it's not functional for us it doesn't work for us it doesn't make us feel good there's yeah. no point going and getting all of that stuff no and you also can't you can't see a paint color in I mean you being an editor understand this but lots of people don't so you can't see a paint color in a magazine and go I really like that I'm gonna go and buy 10 liters and I'm gonna do like my whole house in that color and it'll look just like that it won't mm. <laughs> because the the photo has been edited the the on press they will the pressmen will edit it they will make changes to the color and depending on what substrate it's printed on it'll be a different color there's so many different things that mean that that color is not the true color and depending on that environment that it was taken in what was the lighting like how much natural light was the which way was that house facing which means my house facing how many windows have I got you know there's so many variables that you've literally got a two percent chance of getting the same result as you saw in that magazine so what I try and do is educate people and teach them about design and go in and say right this is how it works to me I'm a linguist so it's like a language so each bit of a room should talk to another bit 
So it's all about having these conversations around the room. And if there's something that's not talking to something else, then it needs tweaking. And once you explain it to people in terms that they understand, and that's not like being patronizing, it's just talking in layman's terms about what design means to that person. And I adjust it according to who I'm talking to. So for example, I've got um, a client who's a piano teacher. So I'll say to her, right, this is like a concerto and this is your strings and this is your woodwind and this is whatever. And then she understands. So it's just, yeah, helping people understand the language of design and then they can use it themselves going forwards. So That's just so empowering team. for people yeah. Yeah. because it's one of those things that I don't know about you. I mean, I'm sure you do get this a lot. I get a lot of people say to me, I've never been stylish. I've never had any idea about style. Yeah. I've never known how to dress. And actually that's because they've not been equipped with the, the they, they feel like it's something other than them. They feel like it's really complicated and confusing yeah. Yeah. and costs a lot of money to be stylish or to have yeah. a home that works for them. Yeah. And it's, it's like I say, it's about listening to yourself mm-hmm. and sort of looking inside yourself and looking at your journey and where you've been and where you're going and how you want to present yourself and your environment and everything else. Because um, people always say to me, oh, I don't have a, I don't have a style. And it's like, well, I don't want you to have a style either. And if I put a name to your style, it will be like five words that I've just joined together because you know, it could be something like modern, baroque, industrial, whatever, which is absolutely nonsensical. But it means that you've got an eclectic mix of stuff based on who you are and what you like. And if you just have one style, like you might pick Scandi, for example, your house will just look like a pastiche of Scandi and it'll have no personality. There'll be nothing of you in it. And that's why people change things because it's got nothing of them in it. It's just things that they've acquired um, with not much thought gone into it. So it's about giving people the language and to be able to externalize what is going on internally. Because quite often people do know, they just don't have the confidence to say it or they don't have the words to say it. So it's about translating that. I mean, it goes back to my languages again, is about translating what's inside of them into the outside world yeah and giving them the almost giving them the permission Mm. to live as they want to rather than always thinking but what will people think or you know oh this is a bit it's a bit much I get that a lot with people's outfits they really want to wear something amazing and they feel really great in it but they talk themselves out of it because they're like well this is a bit much really what will people think doesn't really matter what someone thinks of your space in your outfit and your home and that's what people say about my house they say it's a bit much (laughs) (laughs) we'll get out then okay bye-bye you know you don't have to live here it's fine yeah Yeah. but when it's done well and this is like you're saying and I'm saying it's like yes for a lot of people my house is a bit much because it's me and I'm a bit much um but therefore it reflects who I am And as much as people wouldn't replicate what I've done in their homes, they can still appreciate it for what it is because it's been put together thoughtfully and it does represent me and my family. So yeah, it's just, it is about giving people permission to give themselves permission (laughs) 
to move forward because people quite often just get stuck. So they're either stuck in the now or they're stuck in the 10 years ago and they can't move on because things have moved on, relationships have moved on, people have moved on, jobs have moved on, but the house stays the same. And it's the same with clothes. You know, you find a style that you like and you kind of stick to it. And then all of a sudden it's 10 years later and you shouldn't really be sticking to that style anymore because you've changed and, you know, your life's changed, your needs have changed. Um, so it's about solving that disconnect between the, the you, the now, and the you of yesteryear. And it, it's kind of, making those things match up so that your home and your clothes represent who you are now. That's such a good point. And that's why you're right. People do get stuck. And that's why I don't necessarily subscribe to style personalities. So I know that there are stylists who they have this kind of set of five personalities and they'll say, you're a modern dresser. You're a this dresser. You're a that dresser. I don't do that because people are complex and people change and grow and evolve and we should be able to have the ability to play if we want to and just have fun with it and you know if one day we feel like being in a scandy kind of room or whatever we may have one room in our house like that and then it may we may have a room that's like leopard print wallpaper which would be my absolute dream by the way Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's the dream that is what will be happening one of these days but giving people that ability to go you know what it doesn't actually matter what is in trend or it doesn't actually matter if this is a thing that you're supposed to be doing a lot of that stuff also is based around us spending money on stuff that we don't need yeah let's be honest about it yeah so for example if I had to describe my style it would be um I am a color maximalist but a style minimalist so I have lots of color in my house and lots of depth of color but I don't actually have a lot of things because people, people think that as soon as you start being colourful in a house, I think it's like, it, it, that's the same as being a maximalist and having lots of stuff everywhere. And it doesn't, it's about just seeing what you actually need and what is meaningful and being intentional about what you put in your house and not just getting things for the sake of it. And just thinking about how you live but also how you want to live and does your house actually allow you to live the life that you need to live now and going forwards. Um, So it is about sort of not being rigid and having some fluidity and thinking, well, you know, this, the way that my house is now, it isn't forever because in five years, my life will be different and we'll have different needs and the house will need to serve a different you know purpose and so it's it's thinking right just because it it looks like this now it doesn't have to stay like this yeah it's not set in stone no yeah like your sofa isn't made out of like concrete or whatever like you can remove it if you want to but things people decorate and then they put things back exactly the same places that they were and it's like when you decorate it's your chance to just remove everything look at it objectively, see it as if for the first time again, 
and then evaluate is that the best place for that sofa what if I put it the other side of the room what would that mean you know can I move some pictures around just to shake it up a bit Karen I move some plants around just by doing those little things you can change the atmosphere in a room yeah you're not spending any money you're just looking at what you've got and if you've put your home together thoughtfully in an intentional way, you will find that you can move one thing from one room to another because you've got similar colorways and you've got similar schemes and, the, and there's threads that run through, even though you might not be totally conscious of it. And it means that you can just move things around and it just makes for a bit of a shake up without spending anything. And it's good for your mind as well because you're expanding your thought and your creativity yeah. And your mind wants to be constantly learning. Your mind doesn't want to be, you're never going to get to a point where you think, that's it, I've learned everything. I've learned yeah. everything there is to learn. I yeah. know everything. I don't need to grow or develop anymore. Yeah. And what I find with a lot of people's houses, and it always amazes me, um, there's no mirrors, which is always quite telling, and no colour, no plants, no pictures you can literally walk into that house and not know who the hell is living there. And that for me, isn't a home. You're not creating a home that you wanna stay in, that you wanna take refuge in, that you feel safe in because it's you. Um, and so I'm trying to just help people think about, consciously think about their homes a bit more and think about how it makes them happy or how it doesn't make them happy, how it's working against them. Because um, quite often your home can start to take control of you. Um, and it's about taking that control back and being more intentional and saying, no, it's my house. <laughs> I'm going to have it how I want. Um, so yeah. It's like clutter, I guess, because a lot of people, I have a friend, she listens to this, she will know who she is, but. I have a friend and we used to live together because we worked together. We lived together for quite a few years and she had this suitcase. Right down there. Yeah, and she had this suitcase. She knows who she is, it's fine. She had this suitcase of stuff um, that she would just like carry from one house and it was just full of like rubbish and mm. she just carried it from kind of one house to another and then when she moved again, she messaged me like, the suitcase is gone. I finally got rid of it, but that gives you so much freedom because you're surrounded by this stuff all the time and it whether you realize it or not subconsciously it's actually weighing you down and it's taking right. up your energy say same with wardrobe same in your house you know if you've got yeah. just clutter yeah that every day you're walking past and you're not even you're not even addressing it yeah why why aren't you addressing it what is the block there that's stopping you from actually going through that pile of stuff and thinking, right, what do I need? What don't I need? Yeah, and people tell themselves stories. And it's as simple as that. Like everybody says, oh, you know, I'm a hoarder or, oh, I'm emotionally attached to X, Y, and Z. And it's all rubbish. It becomes part of their <laughs> yeah. identity. I haven't, yeah. I, I don't even know what hoarding means. It's a nonsense term to me. It just means not getting rid of stuff. You're not, um, purposely collecting stuff you're just not getting rid of stuff yeah um and you're not getting rid of it because you might have mental health issues you might just be too busy um or you just can't be bothered and it's usually a mix of all those three <laughs> and 
it's never really because you are emotionally attached to that thing. Um, there are certain things, you know, people have died and there's been heirlooms or there's things that remind you of that person um, that you feel links you to that person. But those are very few and very far between. The rest of it is just you tell yourself that that's the case. And actually, when you challenge people on that, and when I say to them, that thing does not uh, represent your relationship with that person. You know, if it's something that's been given to you that you hate, but you still have it on your mantelpiece because you think that person will come around and go, oh, where's that thing gone? Um, it's rubbish. That person can't remember that they bought it to you. They don't know where it is in your house. They couldn't pinpoint it if you asked them to. Um, and it doesn't represent your relationship with that person. So give yourself permission to just let it go. Give it to somebody else who will love it and, you know, will treasure it um and just let it go so yeah it's just letting go of stuff which really is not that difficult when you have somebody to make you do it <laughs> Amy. when you have someone to allow you to remove the guilt and shame as well because mm. that's a big thing I get that all the time with clients who've been gifted something from say their sister or their mom or their friend yeah. and then they never wear it they don't like it and the reason that the the person gave it to them was almost to transfer the guilt of having something yeah. that they never wore in their wardrobe yeah, yeah we always say to them you're not wearing it all you're doing is holding on to the guilt and shame yeah. that someone else has decided that you should take on because they don't want to have to deal with that yeah. whereas put it on ebay someone's going to find it yeah. and go oh my god that's the thing that i've been waiting exactly. for and you make money from it yeah <laughs> no but i find also mothers are like a big thing in all psychology um and especially yes. what we do you know there's things that have been passed on and thoughts that have been passed on but also there's especially with the decluttering thing that i do people are ashamed um they're ashamed of how they're living and even if it doesn't seem so bad to somebody looking in to them it is because it's their heads and it's all in their heads and they are suffering from anxiety they are suffering from shame they're feeling shamed they're feeling um embarrassed and i had a lady the other day that the thought of somebody coming round unannounced was just too much she just could not take it and the thought of a workman coming round who'd have to go upstairs to the toilet and she was like, oh my God, but then he's going to see what's upstairs. And, oh. and it's just her mother was saying to her, oh my God, like, why can't you just sort it out? Just, just, you know, tidy up, just sort it. You know, why on earth would you pay somebody to come and help you do that? You should be able to do it yourself. And there's this word should, which we just use far too much. You know, if your car was broken, you would take it to a mechanic to fix it you wouldn't think, oh, I should be able to do that myself. You know, why in the home, if you can't do things, are we too ashamed to say, excuse me, I need some help? Yeah. You know, this is not the 1950s. We're not housewives who have nothing else to do but keep a home. You know, we're all doing a gazillion things a day. We've got a gazillion hats to wear. It's all right to say, actually, I only had space left for this please help me and instead people are just suffering 
and they are causing themselves mental health issues because it's just one more thing on top of one more thing on top of one more thing and it's not being resolved um and it's about time we just said okay we're not super women <laughs> i mean we are but you know there are just things that we can't do we don't want to do we are not able to do for whatever reason you know we are taught when we're little by our mums that there is no such word as can't and a lot of the times if you are of sound mind and sound body then that is true but there are lots of times when you are not, you do not have the headspace, you are not in an emotional uh, state of well-being that means you can, and sometimes you really can't. And I think we need to be kinder on ourselves and each other with that word and allowing ourselves to say that word, because sometimes you just can't. allowing ourselves to get help with it like you said I think some of that is to do with the patriarchal conditioning of having older relatives who were brought up in a time where it was like women kept the house mm. and I have tried to and I still do a lot of work on it myself in my own house where I've taken on or assumed this responsibility for the cleaning and then I'm like but I work just as hard as many hours as my husband mm-hmm. and we're both adults who share the bills and share the responsibilities and he's not ever saying he's not going to clean because he does clean but yeah. there's something in my subconscious that's been conditioned on me from my mum who was always like a martyr with the cleaning and my grandparents and their parents and so on that tells me as a woman I should feel some sort of shame about my house and if things aren't clean or tidy when people come around that's on me that's not on yeah that's not his responsibility and I remember having a conversation with someone quite recently where they were saying oh so and so it's a a family setup where the man and the woman both work equal hours they have children and someone was saying well you know she just doesn't keep the house very tidy why is that on yeah I'm sorry why is that her responsibility (laughs) okay no and and it's just the kind of the the idea that we can't get a cleaner right so if you you have your own business and you know that you can make x amount of money per hour in your business but you're doing something that you absolutely hate which is cleaning think of all the money you could be making in your business with that time you could be employing someone else and helping them with their bills and their family by getting them to help you and there's no shame in that like you said we're so busy recognizing you know what your skill set is and you know some people just I'm not a good cleaner I'm not gonna lie I hate it and yeah and you and you know if you are lucky enough like us you end up doing a job that you enjoy and you know you don't want to do something that you don't like doing yeah it's in outsource it why wouldn't you exactly it's in um the big leap by gay hendrix he talks about the areas of competence and incompetence mm-hmm. and that cleaning is one of my areas of in i hate it i don't want to do it but something in my conditioning obviously i know that i have to keep my house clean and hygienic i'm not living in a yeah. like in that episode of friends where ross goes around to this woman's house and her house is like full of rats or whatever <laughs> but something in my conditioning tells me that that mm-hmm. is my responsibility yeah all the time yeah 
and you know I can be working and then I'm like but there's dishes and they're not even my dishes but the conditioning is like but the dishes need washing up you know yeah but it's not your they're not your dishes it's okay yeah Yeah. okay yeah god the patriarchy (laughs) (laughs) do you find that people make I mean I think that it's the first step of reaching out to someone like you or reaching out to someone like me is actually a really a step that should be celebrated because it's actually you know that when you're working with someone like us you're not just we're not just coming around and going okay put this color on your walls get this cushion wear this we're actually helping you go on a journey of discovery about yourself and even taking that first step to reach out to someone like you is a really brave step today absolutely is and that is always my first reaction you know it's always you know well done (laughs) well done for taking this step because it is not easy because it's like you're admitting that you failed in some way that's how these people feel and it's not how you should feel um you know it is brave allowing somebody to come into your house and see you at your worst And quite often I get people who ring me up in tears and I go around to their houses and a lady the other day when I walked in, she's like, I could be sick. This is awful. (laughs) And, you know, such is their anxiety at showing this side of themselves that quite often nobody knows about. And it's like having a secret. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, this lady the other day, um, she'd actually told her team that I was going and she told them why, because she said, I shouldn't be ashamed. I should be allowed to say this. And she's got a team of all women. And she said, look, this is what's happening. I need to tell you because it's part of a journey that I'm going on. And they were all like, oh, this is amazing. We didn't know this existed. We thought just this happened to celebrities. (laughs) Please tell us all about it. And she was so relieved and it was so good because they will now support her on her journey and they will talk to her about it and she will feel less ashamed. And so going forward, she will move forward because she's got the support of other women. And yeah, it's it's a big thing having somebody coming to, into your house and then touching your things. <laughs> and I've never really had an adult express those feelings until an eight-year-old child did so I'd been helping the mum sort out her room and she was like okay you need to help the children now because they'd followed her example and it's like you know her room was a mess and they were like well we're not tidying our rooms because you aren't tidying yours and so I went through the same process with the kids and it was only when her little girl said so this woman is she going to be like touching my stuff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I was like well yeah because she kind of has to to kind of sort it all out and she's like mm, don't think I'm happy with that and I was like Do you know nobody's ever said that I think because the adults are so focused on their anxiety and sort of the process starting that they don't really think about that it from that point of view um, but as soon as I said, oh, I'll go put on a princess dress and a tiara and then I'll just like sort your drawers out. She was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> she was over it. Um, but yeah, it's, it is like laying your soul bare in front of somebody that you don't know. And you're putting all this trust into this one person to sort of help you move forwards. It, it's a huge thing. 
Um, and it, it's a bold statement to say it's life-changing, but it kind of is um, because these people have got into such a situation and you know, quite often you know, the clutter is in their head. You know, when I say that clutter is the enemy, I mean in here. You know, it's not just what you can see, it's what you can't see. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's about offloading this um, and creating headspace so that you can deal with life um, because there's a lot to deal with. And when your home environment isn't somewhere where you feel safe, where you feel like it's a sanctuary, um, that makes life so much harder. Yeah, that's, that's so true. It really does. And that, that piece, the mindset piece as well, of freeing up that space, you know, I always think to try and put it in perspective, when I get to 90, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel that I've essentially not gone after what it is that I wanted to do with my life or that I thought that I should be doing with my life because I was worried about what other people think and I'm worried about letting myself be vulnerable and that kind of stuff? Or do I just think I've got one life, I'm really glad that I did that, I don't regret it. Yeah. for a second like I went after what I wanted and it is it is brave contacting someone and asking them for help and I think that's also probably why you may find this I find this I get messages from people that I have no idea are in my audience in any yeah, way no idea they're there never spoken to them before and they yeah. reach out and say I want to I need to work with you yeah yeah, there's just people in the background. It's because of the shame thing and the mm-hmm. embarrassment and people all the time who are just like, oh, I've been following you for ages. And they've basically just been plucking up the courage yeah. to approach you and, and feel like they can they can do this because it just seems like such a big leap for them. Now, I always say that, you know, especially with the, the decluttering stuff, it, I say it's like looking at a mountain and not even being able to put your walking boots on. It's just inconceivable. You cannot see how your situation can be made any better. And it may have taken weeks, months, years to get into this state of mind, um, but it, you can be got out of it very quickly. Uh, and that's my message really is that it doesn't matter how long it's taken you to get to where you are you know we can close the door on that and we can open a new door and you can reset your course yeah and it doesn't matter how old you are it doesn't matter what your story has been up to now no you have the ability to be able to do that yeah and I always say to people you know it is it's none of my business how you got to this situation today my business is from today moving forwards yeah. um, because quite often people get stuck in a cycle of negativity and, you know, they indulge themselves in that negativity because it's just easier. It's just easier to continue as you are. The thought of having to move into a positive cycle seems like too much effort and too difficult and impossible when actually you just need somebody to push you from one to the other. Yeah. It's the unknown, isn't it? The discomfort of your comfort zone, even though you aren't happy, your unhappiness is actually more comfortable than the thought of change, the thought of possibility of what actually could come from you doing this. Yeah. 
and an immediate response from everybody is always why didn't I do this before <laughs> and you know it's just you weren't in that space you yeah. didn't know that this thing existed you you know you didn't have the support around you you know there's there's lots of different reasons but there's a lot of people a lot of women out there in their 30s 40s and 50s who are stuck and I think the message is that we can unstick you you don't have to stay stuck. And a lot of the stuff that you're carrying around isn't even yours. I think that's mm. such a, mm. a, thre- a, a three, a freeing realisation is, hang on a minute, this thought is from a belief that I've been carrying around that was passed down to me when I was like two years old mm. from someone who got that belief from someone who passed it on to them when they were two years old and so on. I don't have to carry this around anymore. No. I, c- I can be free of it. And it's allowing people to give themselves permission <laughs> to consciously think about things and to be intentional and take the control back. Yeah. And now is probably a really good time to be to having this conversation because obviously we're coming to the end of 2022. It's 2023 is around the corner. I know a lot of people put pressure on themselves for like January, New Year, New Me, which in my experience, rarely works, but I think this is a good time of year to actually reflect and think about how, who you want to be moving forward and how, how you want your space and everything to be as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is that it's, it's the who you want to be and how you want to live and what that looks like. Um, I think people are quite often just too scared to look into the future, but actually looking into the near future like tomorrow (laughs) is possible um and it's just about how you verbalize that and you know what that looks like and having somebody to translate that for you into something tangible um it's not it's not as hard as you think it is yeah the first thing to do though is take the step when when you're ready to do it obviously it just starts with the step. Just starts with the step of, and that is the hardest step. Yes. Yeah. I I always say to people, once you see my face and you see that my face doesn't change, then you know that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, because people are also scared of judgment. I I'm oh, sure. Yeah. You get it. I get it all the time where people will say to me, yeah. oh, God, don't I, I, I don't know what you're going to think about this. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not thinking anything about it. Yeah. OK, exactly. yeah, I've seen it all before. I've been there. I know the process because yeah. this was me. Like, I was in that stuck place. Yeah, there's absolutely no judgment. It, we, we are where we are today. Let's move forward and get to somewhere else tomorrow. Yeah. And, you know, there are people in your line of work and there are people in my line of work who unfortunately are a bit judgy and it gives everybody else bad name. <laughs> yes you're so right it really does it really that's one thing that I hope that we can with this conversation help people to see because when people hear oh interiors interior designer that's what they think they think of yeah. oh she's going to make me spend a fortune and she's going to judge yeah. me same with stylist if you say stylist people are like oh she's gonna put me in clothes that I don't feel good in and I've unfortunately had clients who've come to me after having those experiences with yeah stylists same I've followed other interior designers who have produced rooms which have actually alienated the people that live in those houses 
and they don't even go in those rooms because they don't feel it's theirs um so yeah it's my I would say my job is not to spend your money it's to create the home that you deserve and I don't care whether you shop at B&M or John Lewis in fact I prefer you to shop at B&M to be honest (laughs) it's about how we can create that space with whatever you've got yeah I love that no judgment here let us help you no because that's ultimately when you run your business from a place of being of service and genuinely want to help people it comes across so much in what you do yeah it really does well, so like, how he always says to me I can see it in your eyes you love what you do and sometimes you do you ever have those moments where you're like I can't believe that this is actually I get to do this like it's yeah. oh yeah All it's an amazing feeling feeling like you're living your life with the purpose of what you were supposed to do mm. it's it's yes yeah, it's, it's magical it is so how can people find you how can how can you how can you help them if someone's listening to this like oh I'm feeling very seen and yeah I need this help yeah so you can have a look at my website which is www.cutteristhenemy.co.uk I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn um all under clutter is the enemy or Rachel Smith you can find me all over I will leave all of that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I've you for being here. Love this conversation and just absolutely love what you do and love the fact that you're bringing this different, it's not even, actually, do you know what? It's not even different. It's actually what, in, to me, what, what interior design should be about <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's the thing. It's kind of, oh, wait, this is how actually it's supposed to be. Yeah this is what it is it's not this judgy commercialized no if you don't have this trend you're not good enough it doesn't matter who you are yeah (laughs) it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter what your house looks like it's that's that's not the thing the thing is are you happy in your space if not we can do something about it yeah oh i love that thank (laughs) you so much for being here thank you